Hello, welcome to day 22 of Podmas here on a side of life podcast, the honest guide to living and working abroad. I'm Leanne. And I'm Al. And we're back again. Yeah. We've only got three more days to go. It's been tough, this uh, 25 day stretch. Some days have been easy. Mm-hmm. Some days have been hard, and looking back now, I can't believe this is our 22nd episode of December. I know. That's crazy. Quite pleased with ourselves, I think. Yes, we're very smug. Well, not smug, we're just (laughs) pleased that we said we were going to do it, and I'll be honest, it was like day seven or something, and I said to Leanne, you know what, we could just miss it, and she went, nope, we're not missing it, we're going to do it, and we went and did it. We did. So, good for us, yay us. Yay us. So, Leah, what are we talking about today? Well, today the song is, and I can't remember it, but it's like... <laughs> it's a good start. It's the, is it the Spaceman one? Oh, yeah. Christopher, Spaceman came traveling. That's the one. Because today we are talking... Do you remember how I said the other day that you, you're the man of my dreams, but <laughs> it's not quite how I expected? <laughs> I always expected the man of my dreams to just sing to me, mm-hmm. burst into song. I thought I just did. You did. It's just not quite the way I expected it to be. <laughs> you've, you've described my voice as unique. It is very unique, Joe. Yeah, yeah, like Billie Eilish, but it's, very, it's more breathy than I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the emphasis we're kicking in early. <laughs> anyway, so Spaceman came traveling, and we're talking about the future. Mm. We're talking about our predictions for 2022 because let's be honest, 2021 can get in the fucking bin. Actually, that's not fair. We've had some really good highlights of 2021. We Take have. that back. Strike that from the record, please. I don't know. I think a lot of people have had some shit times. It's been a bit of a shit show politically. It's been a roller coaster, man. It's been a roller coaster. It really has. It really has. So let's put with only nine days left of 2021. Mm-hmm. Let's just put that to one side. Do you know what's wild, though, about what? 2021? There are people in our lives now that we've we've not set eyes on in 2021 or 2020. Like your your mum, who featured beautifully in our podcast, just stay high, part high. Um, I've not I've not laid eyes on your mum and dad since December 2019. That's nuts. Isn't that wild? There's new people in the world. There's new people in that. Well, obviously, there's new people in the world. A lot of them we don't know. There yeah. are people related to you that you've never met. Yeah, it's nuts. Madness. Anyway, so, what were we saying? We were, <laughs> Nine <laughs> days left of 2022. Yeah. So these are predictions for 2022. As always, they're going to be skewed towards living and working abroad because we're not going to start predicting things like Bitcoin or anything like that, even though we have invested a little bit in Bitcoin and it's, an, it's been an interesting roller coaster. That too has been a roller coaster. That really has. I'm, <laughs> I predicted it'd be 100 grand by Christmas. It's now about 40 mm. and it's dropped from about 65. So if you want investment advice... Listen to me and do the direct opposite. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, right. Okay. So, um, do you want to kick off? Just go straight in there. Just just, just, just dive straight go in. Go dry. Yeah. So, I think 2022 overall is going to be a year of innovation. I think the pandemic is going to march on. I'm sorry, guys, but this isn't one of my predictions, but I do think COVID is going to be with us without a doubt through 2022 with many restrictions and rules in place. Mm -hmm. I think we're looking at 2024 before shit really gets back to normal. But 
But with that, I think people are going to have to innovate. And I think one of the sectors that has been hit the hardest by the pandemic and is already starting to innovate and is going to go even further is the restaurant catering mm-hmm. industry. So I think, and it's a thing already, like the whole like gourmet cooking at home, you order like a box and it comes with recipe things and stuff like that. There's already stuff like that going on. I can see that getting a lot more local. So at the moment, it's like your big restaurants, isn't it? Or people like your Rick Steins of the world who do like the cook at home boxes. I think restaurants in general are not only going to offer delivery services and so much more do now than they did pre-pandemic but I also think they're going to offer cook at home things and not just like here's a box of stuff here's a recipe card I'm seeing like a like a tiered system of like you either get a YouTube video cook along with me through to you're in a masterclass online with the head chef of a Michelin starred restaurant and you're cooking together in your house I love it I, th- I think it makes perfect sense. And from a restaurant's point of view, then really, if they're selling the same ingredients, the same margin, which Rick Stein seems to be, the yeah, same margin, but with no labor costs, mm-hmm. so no chef, no waiter, no premises. The brilliant thing about that as well is it also, you can do the whole support local thing because you might have like a, a restaurant that has a branch in London but they can they can connect with suppliers in the northwest or in Scotland or anywhere. So then it's like a double thing. It's like support local whilst eating experience of our restaurant in London. Absolutely, and I think the um, let's be honest that that it's never going to replicate going out for a meal because no. you feel. But the next best thing is having the accomplish, accomplishment of creating something, and. It's almost like now chefs have become curators. So mm. if you can imagine a chef who says, right, not only am I going to give you a recipe, like Jamie Oliver, he, he gives recipes away for like nine quid in, in his book every single year, but people still pay 70, 80 quid to go and have a meal in his restaurant. Well, there's somewhere in between. And that is that he will go and pick the right ingredients. He will tell you exactly how many. He will send you exactly what he won't because he's a clever fella. He's got all the stuff for people working for him. But he's going to send you exactly what you need to do to recreate the dish. So you've got one end of the spectrum, a piece of paper with what to do. And you've got the other end of the spectrum, the plate of food that he, his chefs have created. There's definitely, there's, even if there was no pandemic, there was still, we were still crying out for something in between there. Definitely. Definitely. And you could, there's all sorts of different things you could do. You could even like, and I said this tiered thing, you could even do like a whole like, like I want to cook an amazing birthday meal for my my partner, for my friend. This is the type of thing if they like, make me a bespoke menu, mm-hmm. then send me that stuff and tell me how to cook it. There's so many different ways. It's like almost having a private chef, but virtually. <laughs> um, my prediction number two is kind of similar. Um, I've been reading a lot about ghost kitchens or dark kitchens, they're called. Um, and um, such a clever idea. What happens is restaurants or um, mainly restaurants, but sometimes just entrepreneurs who know how to put together in, in, the, in the food industry will go to a, an industrial state out of town, will rent a small sort of thousand square foot just industrial unit, cape, like basically fit it out as a proper professional kitchen, and then rely on Uber Eats, um, uh, Deliveroo, whatever, to deliver their food to the local area. Nice. Now, I was talking to someone about three or four days ago who works for a massive European conglomerate uh, where they roll out all these um, um, all these brands, these new branded restaurants. And he said that they're spending more money 
on the dark kitchens than they are on the actual restaurant really openings. Then. He said it costs around about 1.5 million to deck out a deck out a restaurant. So that is everything from like you know just basically furniture, kitchen, etc. Costs about two hundred and fifty thousand to deck out an wow. equivalent kitchen, but in an industrial unit where the rent is a tenth of what it is on the high street. And then they just deliver. They use Deliveroo. They use Good transport Uber links, I guess, to industrial sites. One hundred percent delivery is no problem. You don't have to like come at three o'clock in the in the morning because uh, the high street is closed. Um, and so I can see a massive explosion in that where your food is actually being prepared next to Screwfix and B&Q <laughs> and <laughs> places that, that do industrial timber. Um, but it makes sense. So it's kind of just a, an evolution of like the pop-up restaurants or mm. food trucks. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was having a little drink of my <laughs> drink of my gin then, and I didn't expect didn't expect follow up questions quite so quickly. <laughs> so, have you got a uh, a third or a second prediction for you? I do have a second prediction. It might be somewhat controversial. Mm-hmm. I believe twenty twenty two is the year Instagram is going to die. Instagram is dead, and I'll tell you Click for why. Bait. See. Instagram, we love a bit of Instagram and we've enjoyed some early success on Instagram. But let's be honest, our Instagram hasn't grown for about two years now. Mm-hmm. And fair enough, we there was a long period we didn't post because of the whole travel pandemic thing. But what what frustrates me about Instagram and, and kind of puzzles me in terms of their strategy is it's now everything. It was a photo sharing app. Now it's trying to be a bit TikTok. It's trying to be a bit YouTube. It's trying to be a bit Snapchat. And it's like, I think they're just trying to, I think they made the assumption that by creating one app that people can use for all these different mediums of social media would mean that people only want to use that one app. But I don't think it's working. And it's pushing the real thing. And the problem with the reels is that a lot of them are so repetitive. The ones that are decent, great lovely but let's be honest i spend a lot more time falling down a tiktok hole than i do an instagram real hole and then at the same time instagram as the algorithm algorithm are pushing you to create as a as a content creator are pushing you to create reels and while we have the odd ones that do exceptionally well and typically one in three of ours will do pretty well like we're talking like three four thousand views plus we don't get any traction from that we don't get any comments we don't get any followers we don't get any interaction or engagement i just don't i don't see where they're going i understand that they want to evolve from just being a photo sharing app but my issue is rather than trying to innovate their own platform they're stealing ideas from other innovators and i just don't i just don't see it working you even take people that people who've been on our our podcast will be doing exceptionally exceptionally well on platforms like TikTok or YouTube, but are struggling on Instagram. Like we're talking like a difference between 60,000 followers on TikTok and 8,000 on Instagram. Like it's just, which, which can only mean either completely different users and different audiences, probably. Completely different wants and likes. Or that just now Instagram is flooded with so much content of so many different mediums that it, it doesn't know where to put anything that so people don't get the content that they want. And it's, I just don't, I don't get it. And I don't see a future for Instagram. No, and as a marketer, 
buying media on Instagram, that's nowhere near as effective as it used to be either. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, let's be honest, Facebook and Instagram, they're an interruption marketing platform. And nobody goes to Instagram and goes, do you know what I'm going to do? I want to find some people who are providing paid solutions and I'm going to search for it. Whereas Google, if you if your, if your toilet is running, water's coming out the top of your toilet and it's coming down your stairs, you don't go onto Facebook and go, I might want to go and watch a few videos on how I can fix this myself. No, you go on Google and go, plumber, Stockport. Mm-hmm. So there's an intention there. Um, so I think I think you're right. And I think that they've lost their way. The other thing to consider is that um, there's something, someone called Jeffrey Moore, really interesting guy if you want to uh, uh, Google him, Jeffrey Moore, and he's got this, something called the law of adoption. And the idea is, and I won't go into it because it's really nerdy, but the idea is that um, it's the, that the majority of people will sit in the middle of this adoption. And so, for example, think about your mum or dad then they might be like, yeah, Facebook is great. It's quite new to me. Whereas to people who started using Facebook 15 years ago, they've moved on to something else. Mm -hmm. And Instagram is now getting to the point where the majority of users are the people who are going, oh, Instagram, it seems quite cool. I quite like this. But they're not early adopters. Um, And so I think that uh, I think we've got the point where kids, millennials are moving on to TikTok because Facebook to them is dead. It's full of old people. And that's the, that is probably the death of a platform when your mum or dad get on it. And no no offense, it's just that's the way that it works. Like we, I'm 44. I know that I've discovered the other day that the crying, laughing emoji is an old person's thing to do. I've read that too, that like how you know, how you know if someone's old, they, they use a crying, laughing emoji. Um, and I, it was only when I read that, yeah, a few days ago and I was like, oh no, I am now the laggards. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm the majority. Um, and so, yeah, I think people, there's going to be, and we're going to splinter, we're going to see lots of splinters. So we're going to see, see network just specifically for pets, with um, network for millennials, we're going to see all this kind of stuff, and I'm sure it'll happen. Anyway, we have, we're only on prediction number three, and we're already 15 minutes in. Oh, you better hurry up with your next one. So my next one is freelancers. Um, this is going to, this is going to, this is going to link in with what something Leanne's going to say, I think, is that um, the great resign, which Leanne will talk about in a second, um, is it's, it's getting people to the point where they've worked from home, but they've still had a job, and they've thought, well, I could probably do this myself. The other advantage of working from home, if you're not going out, is you're saving lots of money, and you realize, actually, I don't need the 40, 50 grand a year paycheck. I could probably live on 20 grand, and I don't even need a, a car. I mean, <laughs> I feel sorry for those people who've bought a really nice car, the car of their dreams a year ago, and not been able to drive it for a year. Um, so I think that I think that we're going to see people moving away from jobs and into freelancers. They call it the gig economy is the cool word for it. Um, and I think that we're going to see people moving away from jobs. And there'll be a point where in 10 years time where I think there's going to be 20, 30, 40 percent of the people who work are actually working freelance. And even if they're working almost continually for one client, they're still freelance. That's my mm-hmm. prediction. What about you, Leah? I agree to pick up on that. I mean, we talked about about my old um manager John a few episodes back um, who was very progressive and suggested to me to try a portfolio career or join the gig economy back in 2015. Um, He also had an OBE so I tend to trust his opinion when it comes to work (laughs) and employability which is what his OBE contributions was for. Um, But I agree I think I think things that people have experienced work in a very different way and, and a majority of people have experienced work in a very different way. So I think all we're really going to see with that is just an acceleration of what would have perhaps naturally happened anyway. But yeah, in terms of the the great designers, you said that was my other one. And 
I think what frustrates me about how the great resign is is talked about is it's almost like people are going, fuck it, fuck work, can't be asked, blah, blah. And employees like, oh, people just don't want to work hard anymore. They don't, they've not got the the grit and and resilience that they used to have. And, and I just think there was the tide was already starting to change with the millennials. And I'm I'm an older millennial. Hold my hand up. Very old. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I'm good four years into that millennial bracket. Thank you. But yes, I am. Um, and I think it was starting to change with that. Gen Zs are already changing the freaking world, man. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see the impact that that generation has. Um, but I just think the pandemic has given us all a really, really long <laughs> and stark opportunity to go, what do I want to do with my life? One, it looks like it could potentially be pretty short. Two, you combine the pandemic with everything that's going on with climate change and what that looks like. Lord knows what the world's going to look like in 20 years. And if you're in your your early 30s, mid 30s, prime millennial ages, the, the horrible reality is if you're 30, you've got a good 20 years of your career, like prime career, 25. You really need to think about what you want to spend that time doing, both in terms of work and in terms of your personal life. And I think it's just brought an amazing opportunity for people to completely reevaluate what they want from their lives. And about freaking time that we shouldn't, that people are going, I shouldn't be working 60 hours a week. I shouldn't be missing all this time with my kids. I shouldn't be waiting until I retire to travel. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's, it's so important that employers, and we've talked about this before in terms of problems, yes, have a moan about it because you, if you need to vent, you need to vent. But the reality is the world has changed and the world is going to continue to change. And if employers don't hop on board to making a really amazing employer brand, by that I mean what it means to work for a company, what you experience, not just benefits and pay, what you experience personally and professionally for, to work for a particular company. They're gonna have to get onto that. They're gonna have to promote well-being. They're gonna have to start looking at flexible work as the norm, not the exception. And if they don't, particularly in small businesses, I don't see them being able to survive because from a competition perspective, if you're a small business and you jump on this now, in terms of the fight for talent, in terms of the fight for customers, in terms of everything to do with your growth and your future, you have such an opportunity to just explode over the next three years. And if you don't look at these things, if you're a late adopter to these things, you're not going to be in business in five years. You're just not. And the weird thing is that there's some kind of stat, particularly in the UK, but I think it's kind of traditional across most countries, is that 92% of in people who are employed are employed by small companies. Yeah. Um, so unless they change, then, yeah, something awful is going to happen. And a lot of them are just, a lot of these small businesses are going out of business. So we're ending up with lots of people who, who just don't have a job mm-hmm. anymore because, you know, well, because of COVID, obviously. But also you're going to end up, you're going to end up with people with a staff shortage because people don't want to go and work for a particular company. Definitely. And you might say, oh, oh, the millennials are snowflakes, they're brats, they're whatever else. And it's like, no, we're just not willing to put up with what the people before us used to. It's like it's like describing people like post-war 
and going, oh, they're snowflakes. Not willing now to just work for a quid now in the in the factory and not make sure that health and safety is a thing and their livelihoods are protected. And the, it's, it's inconceivable now to look back at that period in history and not think that that, that work revolution, women in work, you know, it's, it wasn't just, well, of course it was because we've got the, we've already evolved and we've got the, the wisdom of hindsight. Well, of course that was going to happen. The same is going to happen in 20 years' time. Mm-hmm. You'll look back and go, well, of course hybrid work and hybrid teams is going to be a thing because it just has to be. It just has to be. It does. And I think also, like, it goes back to this idea of freelancing is that people now have a choice. They have a choice and it's not that they have to go and get a job. They could do something else. What was that company that um, I wish I remembered? It's a payment company. The guy who is paying everyone the same yeah. salary. It's What's a it payment called? processing company in Australia, I think it is. I forget what they're called. And he upped everyone's wage to like $72,000 a year or something. Yeah. A, a US. Uh, AUD, Australian. sorry. Sorry, AUD. Which is about, what, 50 grand a year? Yeah. 55 grand a year? And he Still put right, something yeah. on LinkedIn recently that was like, we made the decision to pay all of our... <laughs> staff minimum of seventy thousand dollars a year we made the decision to make hybrid working the norm we made the decision to have like pop-up hubs all over the place if people want that experience of of bumping into someone in the corridor and having an idea or camaraderie then they can have it and what was it did you see this on linkedin it was like that we were advertised something like 100 jobs last year and got 32,000 applications. Wow. He was like, there is not a talent shortage. There's a shortage of companies that people actually want to work for. I mean, that's quite sobering. I'm aware that we, uh, that, that we are restricting Ranting. time a little bit. Ranting. And this is, this is, by the way, this is what Leanne does. Um, she, this is, she's amazing at it. So I just step down from my soapbox and you can do the next one. <laughs> do you want a hand? Thanks. <laughs> no, but it's not a soapbox. If you, if, if you are listening to this, you do have a small business and you do want to know you don't want to know how things are evolving. Just book a call with Leanne. She will no doubt chat with you for half an hour. I doubt she'd charge you. And she no, will, of course not. And she will, uh, she'll definitely yeah, she will change your you, the way that you look at things. Okay, I've got two in one before I ask Leanne about TikTok. I've got two in one. You used to keep ruining mine. Spoilers, man. You said the great resign on TikTok. Anyway, go on. Tell us about your whole vaccine-only thing. <laughs> very good good. (laughs) well i've got this controversial idea that's top secret is called vaccine only resorts and airlines um, and airbnbs um (laughs) 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 sorry leah um i can see i can see in terms of travel um i can definitely see uh airlines let's say easyjet for example just saying right we are now a vaccine only airline you can only get on if you've had your vaccine um, I can see resorts popping up going, right, we're in Spain, wherever, Italy, saying we are only catered to those who are vaccinated. Um, and I'm not here to talk about whether you should get the vaccine or not. My personal opinion is you should, but that's none of my business if you don't. Um, but I think for, it's just going to cater to the majority. So, of course, people are going to yeah. want that. And that also goes hand in hand with the other one of my things, which what, what was my other thing, Leanne? Um experiences oh, over, over things, things yeah. um, which is that I think we've all spent the last couple of years sitting at home looking at the stuff that we've bought and thinking and we've probably started off buying lots of cool things going oh this is going to be really great we're going to go and buy this we're going to go buy that we're going to make us so happy and then we realise hopefully we realise that it doesn't 
and things just don't make you happy. And so I think the people are going to be, there's going to be a lot of experiential sort of ideas going on and people would much rather spend 10 grand to hop through the forests of Borneo as a once in a lifetime trip than, you know, than go and buy a brand new car, for example. Um, this comes in our friend Dan Salmon, who's, who, was a, who was a guest um, maybe about uh, 20 episodes, 30 episodes ago, um, who organizes those kind of trips. And I can see people like him just absolutely killing it. What do you think? I agree. Did you see as well that he won um, Luxury Travel and Agent of the Year again? Again? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Never a wasted journey. Incredible guy. Yes, of course, he does do quarter of a million pound, like, trips but he also caters for people who have got i mean we're not talking about your 250 quid booking off cfax thomas cook business <laughs> but if you've got an, an you know an okay budget and you want to go do something cool look up never a wasted journey dan salmon is a name really really cool guy yeah really really cool um i agree i agree i think i think that's going to be the way forward and i think um not so much with the vaccine thing, although I agree. I think it'd be a smart marketing move, particularly over the next 12 months or so. It's like it's like having your sagas that are over 50s only. It's like having your certain Thompson hotels, or is it Thompson now, Tui hotels that are no kids. It's a natural, natural thing, I think, particularly now, the majority of people in places like the UK and the US and Canada Australia are vaccinated. So yes, um, my last one was going to be something about TikTok, but I don't really know enough about TikTok. But let's be honest. Um, so to end it on a on a on a lighter note, I think divorce is going to go through the roof in twenty twenty two. Is this is this a way of telling us the telling me that we need to talk? <laughs> yes, yeah, so on your final warning, Al. Oh shit! I've just got the wedding red card. No, I think it ties into what we were saying before about work. I think people are really assessing, you know, how they want to spend their life, and that includes their partner and marriage. At all, I can see divorce going up, and I can see marriages going down because it is—it is an old-fashioned idea. It isn't something that means that much apart from the odd tax break and makes things a bit easier if one of you dies. But there's ways around that. Um, I don't know. I just think people will be really assessing how they want to spend their life, and and I think as well there was there was kind of this thing about about kind of lockdown, and I think it was, it was in the news quite a lot that all divorces are going to go up, and I think I think it did uptick a little bit, but I think it's more now that people there would I think there'd been a lot of people that'd be like, no, it's it's just because it's lockdown, it's because it's a difficult time. Once things get back to normal, and either things got back to some form of normality over the summer, and they were like. Mm. still not sure and now restrictions start to come back in i'm sure there are people out there going oh my god i can't do this again um so yeah i think i think i think we might see that i think marriage as a whole is gonna reduce i'm not sure there's i'm not sure the kids see the point yeah the world is changing and very very quickly um, and my final prediction here is again around the world changing, probably millennials downwards, so Gen Z millennials, although there are some people who are my age who are doing this. Um, but I think that... Uh, but you're a young one, aren't you? What are you, Gen Y? I think so. It's 1977, so whatever that is. But you're, 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 a, you're a young Gen, Gen Y. Because 1980 was a cutoff, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so you, we're kind of almost exactly the same distance away from yeah, yeah. Um, you're into the millennials and I'm out of the millennials. Um, but I think that esports has always has, has massively risen. We know there's no surprise there. I'm not 
blowing anyone's mind by saying esports are going to increase. But the esports based on the blockchain, now this changes things completely. There is a coin called Gala, G-A-L-A. Like the bingo. Like the bingo. Um, that is, I think, well, <laughs> if I'm right, I will refer back to this podcast <sighs> in 12 months' time. If I'm wrong, then I'll never mention it again. But essentially, it's a coin that you buy into this game and then you get paid for playing it. Now, I'm not into games at all. In fact, I don't think I've ever played a video game my entire life. Um, but it's really interesting watching people talk about it. And they're saying that no longer they're just playing Call of Duty and it's a, and, you know, and it's for the community. They're actually playing it and earning it. And remember the old shit Farmville bullshit? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, people are actually building stuff, but then renting it out, literally renting the land they bought <laughs> out to other players to go and do stuff. So it's all kind of links in a little bit to the metaverse, which I think is probably, uh, I think it's probably seven to ten years away before it's proper mainstream. Mm. But it's it's just this third dimension, if that's the right one. I don't know. If there's two dimensions, three or fourth. I don't know. But it's this other world that people want to build because they are sitting in the same place or in the four, same four walls and will be. Or completely disillusioned with the world that we live in. Yeah. Escapism. And before anyone starts writing in letters saying, well, they should, you know, take a long, hard look at themselves. Let's be honest. The, wor the world... Sit down, Jeff. Yeah, come on. Fucking hell, Jeff. <laughs> um, the, the, the world out there is a pretty nasty place at this point in time. It's not so a great place. So, um, so... Why blame someone who, for if they're 18 years or 20 years old and they spent 10% of their life in lockdown, then why blame them? Ooh, that's a frightening thought, isn't mm. it? Say that again. They're 20 years old, they've spent 10% of their life in lockdown. Fuck. And that's not even including, like, you know, one to 10. You don't read it. So if you think about adult life, you turn adult 16. Well, you think it's someone who turned 18 at the beginning of the pandemic, they've spent their entire adulthood yeah. in a pandemic. Yeah. So, of course, they're going to look My outside. God, yeah, man. They're going to look outside and create another universe that they can then be as free as they possibly want because they can't be in the uh, in the normal world. And from a psychological perspective, well, it's just control, isn't it? It's mm. getting some kind of control over things that you in a world that you have no control over. Absolutely. Probably quite good for your mental health, actually. Yeah, I'd imagine it would be. Interesting. So, guys... um. Tell us your predictions. Yeah, what's 2022 gonna gonna bring? Yeah, the good, us. the bad, the ugly, and the horrifying. <laughs> yeah, the, I'm sure there will be some horrifying stuff. Um, so um, yeah, just jump on uh, Instagram, our Sideways Life, or go to OurSidewaysLife.com forward slash hello, and then you can record a voice message. And we, and if you are not weird, then we might play it out in the next episode. Be honest, we've not really had any yet, so we'll probably play it out anyway Shush. if you're weird or not. It's, trying, it's new. I'm trying to pretend that we get millions of <laughs> listeners and tens of thousands of messages a day, but yeah, you're right. It's uh, <laughs> the inbox is looking pretty empty. Yeah, but it's a busy time of year. Yeah, there you go. See you tomorrow. Bye.